0: This all has a purpose, I promise. We're going to start actually in Scripture, and this is going to make sense in in just a moment. We're in a series on Luke, and we're at the end of chapter 10 of Luke for this passage. It's five verses, and we're going to be coming back to this a couple times in the message this morning. And it starts this way. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you were worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. We're going to pray together uh, this morning here before we really dive into the content. But just as we're mindful of this, and and we're going to pray again later as well, but um, what an awesome opportunity it is to enter into worship together. I find that the worship this morning and each morning that we gather helps us to become mindful of God. It helps us to come right before Him, and prayer really just kind of reminds us that we 're keeping company with god it 's not that temporary moment where we 're just coming before Him, but we really are keeping company with him and uh, my request to you would be that you're prayerful throughout this message today. It's, it's sort of a different one. I think God has something for myself and for you as well, for us as a community. We're connecting with him and opening up a conversation. It's not one way. And let's be opening to the leading uh, and what he has to say. Father, thank you so much for where we're at even now this morning that uh, we've had an opportunity to lift our hands before you Father, that we've had an opportunity to to declare our our praise of you and, and God, just the the strong and powerful name of Jesus. God, let that name be uh, on our lips as we continue today. And, Father, we open up our hearts. Uh, I thank you for this passage, and I thank you for what you have to say. And so, Father, I pray that you'd move me out of the way as we're talking about uh, a little bit of distraction God, that you would limit that, uh, but use it as as an illustration. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys, good. Someone's thirsty, I believe. So, how many of you would say that your house is never as clean as when you have people over? <laughs> Was that a joke? I don't... Okay, cool. Um, no, but seriously, and be honest, how many of you would say, actually, you invite people over so that your house would be clean? Is that a little closer to the reality? Well, uh, that's at least the case for, uh, for me and, and I think for my wife, if you ask her. Um, back in November, I shared a, a short devotional on a passage on a Tuesday morning, and Pastor John was there. So imagine not only your boss, but the guy that taught you preaching. And so he actually said, you know, this short devotional, um, that, that should be a sermon. And at the time, we didn't know that we were going to do uh, this message on, on Luke, but he said, you know, expand on that. Um, I think I used it in staff a week or so later, and it was short. It was just like a one-page thing, but the concept started with a question that I had for myself. Do I spend more time making coffee for my wife than actually having coffee with my wife? Now, at home, you have to understand, this technology might seem a little strange to you, but for, uh, for me, usually it would be espresso. Oh, we're at 182 degrees. We're almost boiling here. This is good. And uh, so the point would be that, you know, quite often, many of us are really into the details We're really into doing something for someone or providing hospitality for someone instead of actually spending time with someone. You guys with me? You believe it? So I had to ask myself that, and trust me, it is important for her to have her coffee first. She needs it a little bit more than me. But don't tell her that. She's not here. Um, She's probably watching. And so... Anyway, when I'm at the office, sometimes I'll walk past Pastor Dave's uh, door, and I'll just like hold something up like this, or I'll hold up the kettle, and he's like, yes, I'm in. And then we, we do this. So it'll, it'll take a minute, that's okay. Part of, part of this is, is the illustration. It's a little bit distracting, right? Um, the point is, I do need caffeine, but I need a couple minutes to chat with a friend, or a spouse or whoever it might be. And so as I was chatting with, uh, with our Tuesday morning group back in the end of November, this was just after American Thanksgiving. It was quite a bit after Canadian Thanksgiving, but just before uh, Christmas. And so the concept was how many of you, you know, spend more time preparing the meal and doing refills for everyone and getting distracted by all the things that need, in quotation marks, need to get done Instead of actually spending time with the people. And I think if you were preparing this message today, you would see that there's quite a few different directions you could take. Hospitality, distractions, anyone else distracted by that? It does smell good though, I promise. And uh, you know, some of the important things, uh, you know, priorities, and we'll get to that in a minute too. But I think you'll see that all these themes apply. Uh, And as one author put it, the real problem isn't that we have a lot going on. Rather, it's the attitude of these things that these things produce in us. They produce busyness, urgency, anxiety, worry, and stress. And getting caught up in all these details can often make us forget the purpose of our efforts That's good enough. No- oh, boil. Perfect timing. Did you guys think I've ever done this before? <laughs> so you've got to tear the scale. Now, you've got to pre-wet the filter. If you watch YouTube ever, they tell you, do not drink coffee without pre-wetting your filter. And so I usually make enough. Is this good? There we go. So I usually make enough. Oh, I could do this. That... Uh, You know, two of us could have coffee at the same time. This is not an offering bucket. (laughs) Just looks like one. It's from the dollar store though. Okay. Tear that out. Oh, it it really does smell good. You put this in, I've got about 30 grams there. I lost a few right here, excuse me. (laughs) And uh, what else? This oh it's so good. You get it flat, you create a little divot in the middle here. Tear it again. Zero. Start the timer. You guys ready for this? You start with about double the weight. Give or take. Now the bloom. You can't see it. It's happening. Now, I've got two, two little mugs here. I'm just going to heat them up a little bit. I've cleaned these. Anyone have their morning coffee? Now, I need to know, by the time I finish this, is there someone in here that drinks it black? Like, you drink actual coffee. Okay, okay, some, someone in here is going to get... Okay, the bloom's almost finished. There we go, oh, this coffee, it's called Bouncy Castle Espresso, (laughs) I'm going to give it to one of your kids, (laughs) but the trick is, it doesn't have to be espresso, it is great like that too, that's what I do at home, but it's actually a single origin from somewhere in Ethiopia, and it is good. We're so close here. Do you guys get the point of this yet? You don't? Anyone distracted? I'm focused on these details here. I don't know. Okay, I reached the right amount. You've got to use bamboo. You don't use... Come on, don't mess around, guys. This is, this is good. Rinse that off. Save the flavor for next time. And then I do a little spin. I've learned this. And uh, we're almost there. But, you know, as, as we're waiting for this to draw down, there's two people that are going to have themselves a really good cup of coffee. As you can see, I spent a little bit of time doing it. But the point is kind of the behind the scenes. Now, it's not a big meal I'm preparing. I'm preparing two cups of coffee, but it is very fresh to order. You didn't order it. I just wanted to give it to you. It's kind of a hospitality thing. But for me, coffee is one of those symbols. I can't maybe make you a big meal, but I can make you a decent cup of coffee. What if you don't like coffee? Well, I'm sorry about that. But... But the point would be, uh, I don't do this just for myself. Usually if I'm making this method, I need another person to share it with, and that's been part of the point of making this amount, thinking about handing off to someone else. Maybe I share it, or maybe two of you share it. We're so close. We're coming down to the home stretch here. But it's important to note this might seem like it's a, a TED Talk or something like that. That's actually not it at all. I think that a sermon, sometimes you'll have those moments where it seems like, well, this is self-help or something like that. And although there might be interesting points or illustrations, practical next steps are, are, are also important. But it's really meant to be teaching and instructing from Scripture. It's meant to be looking into the Word of God and being challenged. And so... I'm dumping that in there. I think we're good to go on this. And someone's going to have themselves a really good cup of coffee. But this all has a point. And so I don't know what next service is going to drink, but <laughs> we'll see how good they are. Now you've got to stir it just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then, you know what? to get it just right. I don't want to waste a moment. Oh, that's good. Let's just make sure, make sure it's fair. Oh, we nailed it. We nailed it. Okay. How, how did I guess? You want to pass that out to anyone that wants to drink it black? Yeah, enjoy, you guys. Someone's got to take take it. She's kind of the new mother. You got to take it. It's your third one. But not okay. I'll get this out of the out of the road here now. So, sorry, I was a little distracted by the preparations there, and that's kind of the point, but I I think that um, as we go back to this passage, it's going to make a little bit more sense, and I'm, I'm going back in here. Sometimes when we're reading, it helps to know kind of what came before and what came after, and other times it really seems like it's out of nowhere, and this exact passage it doesn't necessarily seem to, to fit directly with something uh, else in there. Now, the, the characters in the story, uh, we don't have Lazarus, but if you were in John chapter 11, you would see Mary and Martha there, and a lot of people feel that it's the same, uh, and, and it's the same family, and for some reason we're just seeing a different window into uh, what's going on here. But let's go back to, to that, still in the New Living Translation, and it's saying, as the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to this certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And there were lots of people, as you read through the Gospels, that, that welcomed Jesus into uh, their home. And, and for, you know, for our context, um, it might not be every day that we invite a stranger in. Uh, we find out that you know these were uh, friends of, of Jesus, but we don 't know the context of when they became friends and, and things like that there 's certainly a, a lot of speculation on you know people getting to know who the Messiah is and wanting to have him in, in their home and so as you see uh, he 's welcomed in and, and perhaps the disciples as well we don 't know exactly who 's there, uh, but Luke has this account perhaps of of Peter sharing and, and perhaps the John account. Um, you know, that, that's John. The disciple whom Jesus loved had a little bit more of a picture into things. Perhaps that, that's the case. But, but as you can see, Martha is the one welcoming um, Jesus into her home. She's probably the older sister. Uh, we're not sure about parents in this context. Have no idea. Um, that 's kind of beyond the point, but in this context she 's the one showing hospitality uh now her sister mary sat at the lord 's feet seems fine he's he 's teaching apparently we 're not sure the exact layout of of the of the home but he she 's listening to what he taught and and Martha is distracted she 's preparing this big dinner right perhaps it 's it 's Maybe not a kitchen like we would think of it, but a spot where she could prepare all these things. in a big dinner, perhaps because there are other disciples there and maybe other family members, but uh, something's going on here. There's some tension because it seems like Martha assumes that her her younger, somewhat younger sister, not sure the age, Mary, would be helping her, lending a hand in, in the kitchen, so to speak. Um, so you know, Martha's distracted, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, can we pause for a second? Anyone here have a sibling? How many of you have gone to mom or dad or a babysitter and said, tell them, you know, have you you ever done that? You wouldn't want to admit to dysfunction, would you? But this is normal. I don't mean it's good. Please fix it. No. But it's, it's one of those things where I think this is very human, isn't it? Uh, that we would do this. Sometimes adults do this. I don't know if that's news to you. I have no idea Martha's age. But in this, in this case, it's easy to pass judgment because we're probably forgetting when we've done this. You go to your boss. This person did that instead of going to, to the person. That's an aside. That's free. But uh, that's still uh, kind of the point here. Doesn't it seem unfair? So she tells Jesus to tell Mary to come and help her. You following? It's simple. There's only five verses, but I think there's a lot here. But the Lord said to her, and he's very gracious in this response, perhaps perhaps. Partially because they're friends. Partially because she's not a Pharisee. Who knows? There's a lot of different reasons here. But he says, and it starts, and, and I think it's genuine. We can't read the tone, but but from our understanding. When he says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. So he starts and acknowledges and tries to not not point, not 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 really stick it to her, but, but to say, you know, you, you're preparing this. Partially it'd be like, thanks for doing this, but but like... Why are you doing this? Why are you so worried about this instead of the point of it all? And then he goes on to say, There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, that, that's fascinating. You know, uh, I've heard um, a preacher named Judah Smith say that we're distract- what we're distracted by says a lot about our value system. Have you ever noticed that? The things that distract us say a lot about our value system. You've probably heard this statement before. I think I've heard it in my family at least that, oh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that one too? And perhaps uh, sometimes that could be true. That could be to the extreme. And as I first started looking at this, I started seeing, you know, the finite and the infinite, you know, thinking about the here on earth and and the as it is in heaven and, and and all of this kind of back and forth and I thought about this this leadership teaching that uh, Andy Stanley talked about where he said oftentimes we think that there are problems that we need to, to solve like it, it just needs to be there we go move on to the next thing but quite often they are tensions to be managed and so to say that again it's what if this is not a problem to be solved but a tension to manage as in Sometimes people do need to prepare a meal. We do need, and you're going to see in a moment, a little bit about the bread of, of, of life being Jesus. But in, in this moment, maybe people just need some bread. And whatever she's cooking, they need that nourishment for the, that moment. And so it's not that she's doing something wrong. It's that she has her priorities out of whack. The other thing is the four verses with. In this case... Doing things for Jesus versus spending time with Jesus. Now, as you can imagine, uh, as, as someone who's, who's serving the Lord in full-time ministry, there's a lot of times that I'm doing things for Jesus. But if I ever miss the point of spending time with and helping people to get to a point where they're spending time with Jesus, then I, I've completely uh, missed the point. I think it's about priority versus distraction, and that's obviously kind of the point of of that previous uh, physical illustration. There's a guy named Greg McKeown. He's uh, written into this book called Essentialism, and it explains that the word priority, it came into the English language in like the 1400s or something, and it was singular, and it meant the very first or prior thing. And only in about the 1900s did we pluralize the term into priorities, right? We, we reason that by changing this word from, from a singular meaning to maybe a plural meaning, maybe we could bend reality, right? And so you hear a lot of people saying, you know, have your priorities in order. Now, of course, there's a lot of things in life that are important, but there's only one that is most important. And that, that's a very difficult thing Uh, To figure out. I think if you were in business and and you thought that there were 10 important things, you might be a little bit distracted and and maybe not um, able to leverage your kind of place in the market. But if you were able to to be singular on one thing, I I bet you would see a difference. And so maybe for us personally and, and for us as a community, rather than asking what are our priorities, as in the plural, maybe we should ask, what is that single priority What is that very first thing? The thing that came prior to everything else. That one thing. You know, Jesus told uh, Martha, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. So a question for you to ponder, have you experienced this before? Have you experienced something that made you realize what the one thing was? And I'm not fast-forwarding Uh, to, to, to Jesus, which of course the one thing, but, but there are different moments where one thing kind of comes to the forefront. I've had a few moments recently and maybe you can think of some, but uh, the first full week of of January, things were going pretty well until my dog ate a really long stringy piece of something and it got bunched up in his stomach. And And the first, I didn't know this but the first night, he didn't, he didn't sleep, but I thought, you know, dogs get sick sometimes. Clean it up, clean it up again, <laughs> clean it up a third time, come home, clean it up again. And then after that, uh, I realized, no, he has to go and get some help. And so we took him to the vet on Tuesday, January the 7th in the morning. And uh, imagine putting a dog on an IV because he's dehydrated. Like, it's a crazy thing. Now, he, he is a dog. I, I get that. But he's, he's my Bruce. Okay, he's the real deal. And he's man's best friend and my wife's best friend too, let's face it. But, but when he needed surgery, he's only two and a half, mind you, right? He's not 20. But, um, you know, I didn't really concern myself with the potential vet bill. Do you understand? I, I didn't really concern myself with um, all of those things. What was the main thing? Like, please take care of Bruce. Fix him. Get him back to me in one piece or close. And so that, that was a weird week. It's an animal, sure. But that, that was the main thing, getting, getting him uh, fixed up. You know, a few days later, he, he, was, he was back. I had to, you know, carry him a little bit. But uh, he, he's doing fine. Fast forward a month. Okay, so that was January. Let me bring you up to speed in, in, uh, in February. So have you ever been woken up? Around four thirty in the morning, by a spouse who's in more pain than you've ever seen them in before. Have you ever? Some of you have. I know you just don't want to admit it. So that happened on Tuesday. That was fun, and uh, I was a little bit confused. Didn't know where my contacts were or my shoes or anything. But I I got up, and um, in eight minutes we were at the hospital. So uh, don't tell the police officers. But um, uh, Kelsey. Uh, was really sick we didn 't know one hundred percent. you know you always ask Dr. Google, but they sometimes lead you astray. But the point is, she, she got there, waited most of the day, found out she needed emergency surgery, so that night she had surgery and was there overnight and around five thirty, I think is the official time that she went in, so I took a moment to go and find some some water you know and, uh, and sit down in the waiting room <clears throat> and This might be a little too real for some of you because you've probably been been in this and, and then some. But when you're sitting in a waiting room and you're waiting for an update from a surgeon, there's only one thing you're concerned about. Isn't that true? And so sometimes I think it's really easy to locate that. And other times I think there's distractions because hospitality has a lot to do with the meal that you're preparing. But isn't it about being with the people you're serving? And so as we continue, I'd actually like us to look at the message paraphrase. Sometimes it's helpful, and and one of my professor's Um, used to get us to go through at least five different translations, versions, paraphrases before we submitted anything. Because in case we didn't pick up on a clue in the language or something like that, uh, sometimes it's helpful to kind of hear a different phrasing. And so you'll see this on the screen as well. And, And this is how Eugene Peterson puts it. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village, a woman by the name of Martha, welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. I love the language of that. Don't, don't you feel good about, about that moment? That's kind of the point of hospitality, not just in your home, but even if it's at your church, you want to help people feel like they're at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. It's probably my favorite line in the whole passage. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, She stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Now, I know we just covered this in the New Living, but doesn't that put it in a different perspective? Just something about the language really makes you feel like, Oh, Martha, why Why do you have to say it like this? And maybe you're thinking, why did I have to say it like that back at Christmas time? Or whatever it might be. That's another time. But the master said... Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Only one thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. How cool is that? So there's that one phrase I mentioned, and I paused for a moment just so you could hear that. Hanging on every word he said. What a what a beautiful way to, to think about it. He's the main course. He's the bread of life. And as I was talking with Pastor John earlier uh, in the week, I said, you know, this really leads me over to John chapter 6. It's the first thing that I could think about um, that kind of carries the, the kind of connection um, to, to another gospel account. Now, this isn't uh, with Mary and Martha, but I think you'll get the, the, the point. In verse... Uh, 35 of chapter 6, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It's quite a powerful statement. And then a little bit later, in verse 66, he says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? And I love this, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Wow, you have the words that give eternal life. It's something that might bring a little emotion here because if you're thinking of this context, thinking about a meal being prepared in one situation, Martha's doing most of the work, or all, all of it, right? And sure, they need to eat. But Mary has figured out that I need to sit at the Lord's feet. Because he's the main course. And it's not to say we don't need that earthly food. But, but she understood the one thing. She understood who she was in the presence of. And I love that Jesus came to her defense and said it will not be taken away from her. As in, she made a choice... And so did Martha. It wasn't a scolding, but it was a, no, she chose rightly. And and so this uh, this is what she gets. And so what? What does this matter for us? There was a little bit about distractions. Certainly, I've had my few even in this last week. Uh, which was timely as you're trying to prepare to share to everyone. Um, it's hard uh, to type in a, a hospital room. It's, uh, uh, it's difficult, and so it can be on your mind. But the main thing was finding time to, of course, spend time with my wife. Uh, if it came between work and my wife, who wins? Yeah, so as you can imagine, I, I still worked this week, but often out of a, a waiting room. And that's the reality. And maybe that was part of the lesson. I don't mean that it was set up that way, but I think it was an opportunity uh, to be stretched. But, but so what? So that, that's maybe something that I was starting to learn is uh, I, have to, I have to provide this opportunity for us to all hear this and be challenged and, and to meet with God, and, and that's important. Uh, but there were other main things this, this week. And there were other things that might not have been the main thing, but they were distracting. Um, So what does God want us to know? Uh, Maybe you've already figured that out even even now. Maybe you've been prayerfully considering this as we've gone throughout um, the scripture, throughout even the uh, the silly illustration and things like that. But what what does God want us to do? So I think he definitely wants us to know something about how do we we respond. Uh, I mean, I think essentially it would be seeking wisdom. Uh, That's, again, not a self-help thing, but that would be uh, just a practical next step. God, how, how do we handle this? There's so many things. I, I, I have so much weight. I have all these things, all these concerns. If that resonates with you, um, maybe it's time to seek wisdom. Maybe it's time to seek uh, peace from God so that you're not kind of fussing, as, as, as Eugene Peterson put it. Uh, I, I know I, I had a friend who had this sign that said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, which is really easy to say unless you don't know what the main thing is. So I, I realize that you might be there uh, today, uh, but one thing, I'm going to invite the, the band uh, to, to come back, and, and in a moment, we're, we're going to pray together. Part of the application is giving you the opportunity where perhaps I'm, I'm Martha at, at times, perhaps in in the preparing. And, and sometimes you can imagine many of us are preparing on a platform. We're preparing worship. We have to have the slides a certain way. We have to have things so that they're clear. Uh, other times it's preparing so that you can kind of make sense of, of the Word of God. Hopefully you're reading this on your own, but hopefully there's moments where no matter who's preaching from here, um, you're inspired to continue to read. You're inspired not just to be entertained, but to To do something about it. And and so maybe this is a moment where uh, some of us Marthas need to make room for Mary to come and sit at the Lord's feet. And so usually at the very, very end of service, we invite people up. And I think we can still do that. But maybe this is a moment before they begin to sing over us and before we begin to sing with uh, the worship team. Maybe this is a moment where you need to spend time with the Lord. So the application could be uh, no, it's, it's not trying to decide if you're permanently going to be uh, one person or, or the other. I think it's a tension to manage in that sometimes there's going to be preparations. But maybe this is a moment where we can carve out a few moments to sit before the master. Could we do that together? And that's not a forceful thing. You can certainly come forward. And sometimes that posture, as Scott was mentioning earlier, is really helpful, whether it's a raising of a hand, whether it's kneeling, bowing. Um, some people will lay uh, on, on your face. And I'm sure some of you have done that in, in the privacy of your own home. You do not have to be uncomfortable for it to work, so to speak. That's not the point. But I want to give you some space and so before you lead us in, in this next song, uh, maybe you'll just give people a moment, whether it's standing, whether it's remaining seated, for some it's mobility that would be a concern for others. Uh, maybe you do want to get on your knees right now, but I would invite you to come forward. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but let's create just a little bit of space uh, that we can come before um, before the Lord as, as Mary did in this passage. So you can move now if you need to. Father, I thank, you for, I thank you for your word and I thank you for this, uh, this short passage that we've been able to look at today and, and there's so much in there, but God, help us to have the clarity of what's the one thing that, Lord, I need and for anyone else in this room that might be asking for themselves, what's that one thing that they need? Father, as a, as a community, what's that one thing? I mean, of course it's you. And so, God, I I thank you that we have this time to to come before you uh, to limit our distractions. Uh, Father, I'm so thankful that we've been able to already worship you and and we're about to to lift up these lyrics as as praise to you to be uh, reminded of what you've done, but more importantly of who you are. Uh, So, Father, I I pray that these words would not return void, but, God, that you would be working in us as we continue our day, as we go from here, uh, that this would be something that we'd be uh, applying uh, by Wednesday and, and Thursday. But even this, in this moment, God, that you would teach us with wisdom from you what, what it is that you want us to do. And so, Father, we, we commit this time to you in these few moments uh, of quiet before we sing together and, and close out our service. Father, we know you're here and we just pray that you would move among us and we thank you that we can sit before your feet. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.